Just a heads up for this episode, we actually had originally only planned to do one episode with Shannon Mitchum Lovelady, uh, uh, formerly of the Colorado Silver Bullets women's professional baseball team, but we had such a good time with her during the interview that we're going to come have her back for part two. So after you listen to this episode, which is part one, uh, stay excited for part two, which will be coming up soon. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lost Teams podcast. I am your co-host Anthony Cerdelli. With here me again, with me again here today, as always, is Andrew Lennox. Uh, tripped over a little bit. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing well. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Excited. We've got uh, we've got something special today for you guys. Uh, remember back in episode eight, we covered the Colorado Silver Bullets. Well, today we have a uh, a former member of the Colorado Silver Bullets, which was an all female pro baseball team that existed from 1994 to 1997, and really uh, uh, did a lot uh, for for women's sports. I think it was the only uh, women's baseball team uh, founded since. World War II, and as far as I know, the only professional one since. So uh, welcome to the show, Shannon Mitchum Lovelady. Shannon, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Very excited. This is going to be cool. I, uh, I was probably only seven or eight years old w- when you guys were playing, but I, just looking back on, on uh, how things were, uh, how, how you guys did, and uh, there's a lot of nostalgia just from, <laughs> from kind of my, that, that era, because that was when I kind of started being a sports fan. So I'm, uh, Andrew and I are very excited to talk with you today. Yeah, I remember hearing about you. I actually lived in Colorado when um, your team was in existence, but I didn't realize you didn't really play any games in Colorado. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of uh, that kind of confused people a little bit. You had to kind of go around your elbow to to get back to you know. Okay, we're, well, you're not based in Colorado. We're sponsored by Coors. We're you know we kind of barnstorm the country. We play all over. And and then the last, of course, the last year, you know, then we tried to make um, Albany, Georgia, our our uh, our home base. And um, so, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, Colorado was always really really good to us though. That's, I think, the first thing we learned from uh, our episode. I think we, I think we thought it was Albany, New York, uh, at the end <laughs> of the uh, Silver Bullets uh, rain. And I remember us talking like, "Wow, it gets. It's not really that. The weather's not that nice in that area of the country until like May or June." So our right. mistake on that one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I'm from the South. I'm a Georgia peach through and through, but I don't really have much of an accent. But you know, it's, it's Al, or Albany down there, you know, it's, it's not Albany, New York, it's Albany, Georgia. Oh, so. Interesting. <laughs> That's, our mistake. Uh, yeah. So a lot of the, we had a lot of California girls on our, on our team and, and uh, they got tickled at that, you know, so. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of, um, speaking of your, your history and, and your, you, we were talking before we started recording. So you were originally from Georgia, but you played college softball at Florida, Florida State, correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, what was that experience like coming out of college, and and how did you hear about uh, the the Silver Bullets? Was it was it something you would kind of were were you kind of? Did you play baseball as a, as a kid growing up? Were you able to? Was it just softball? How did that go? Yeah. So um, I grew up loving anything to do with ball. Um, my first word was ball. Um, <laughs> my mom, you know, Mother's Day of course was yesterday, and we were kind of reminiscing and, and, uh, she said, you know, from the time you were 18 months old, you could dribble a a ball around the house. And she Mm -hmm. said, I knew something was a little bit different, you know? So it was obviously, it was just something, a a God given talent and love that was just instilled in me. Um, you know, my mom, she, she didn't play like an organized, um, type of ball in her generation. Um, my dad was a good athlete, but he, he had to work. So he, um, from the time he was a a young teenager on, he, he worked, um, instead of playing high school sports. So, um, I, uh, so when it came time, you know, to, you know, girls, I guess are supposed to do, um, Mm -hmm. you had to be eight years old to play softball and, but you could, you could sign up for baseball at six. And my brother and I, we were only, um, 21 months apart. So he was older than me and already playing baseball. And so, um, my mom said, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just sign her up for baseball. You know, it's just kind of like a no brainer, like, okay. Um, and, uh, so 
when I went to my first tryout, it was horrible weather, you know, it's February, freezing, raining. And um, my mom says that, you know, she thought that if they made us wait long enough, that maybe we would leave, you know, maybe, you know, looking back now, kind of seeing how some things work, maybe they were trying to figure out what do we do? We have this young lady who wants to try out, do we let her, you know, the powers that be, maybe they were having a discussion, but regardless, they ended up letting me try out. And um, I think I was the last number called. And she said that after I did my little hitting and everything, and I rounded the bases, when I came home, they gave me a standing ovation, like all the coaches. Yeah, (laughs) clap for me. And from then on, like, I never, I never had a negative experience playing, you know, youth baseball. It was just, I just played, I was one of them. And um, I never wanted the team to get recognition because they had a girl on the team I wanted us to get recognition because we were good you know any true competitor you know you just you just want to be treated equal so um I always had a really positive experience I think um I was kind of a shy kid and um and didn't really like a lot of attention so I think as I got older I started to notice Hey, you know, I'm starting to get a little more attention. I don't really like that. I just want to play ball, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I made the decision to switch to softball when I was, um, in middle school, I I knew I wanted to play in college. I knew that I could try for a scholarship and I figured I might as well start playing the game of softball, which is what I would play in college. Looking back, I would, if I did it all over again, you know, I would, I would probably continue to to play baseball and try out for my high school baseball team, just because as you get older, you know, you tend to care less about what other people think and you realize, you know, you should just do what you love. And, um, but softball was always good to me too. So I, that's how I ended up, um, at Florida state. There wasn't a whole lot of, um, fast pitch college teams around me. Um, probably Florida state university of South Carolina, those were like the top schools. Not, there were no, you got to understand, like South Carolina wasn't part of the SEC back then. UGA, Auburn, there wasn't SEC softball. Um, there wasn't University of Miami. There wasn't University of Florida. There wasn't that rivalry between the, the Florida schools, you know, like there is now. So um, I knew I wanted to go. I, I, I love football. I love all sports. I love basketball. So Florida State had the best of everything because they were – that was the Deion Sanders, Leroy Butler, you know, I mean, Charlie Ward, that was that era of football. Oh, at so, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, era. It was huge. So when I was being recruited, I mean, we were playing in a New Year's Day Bowl every, every year, FSU. It was FSU, Miami, everything. So um, it made it really easy to think, hey, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to a top 20 school to play ball and I'm going to get to watch a top five school in football. I'm going to be close to home where my parents can come watch me play and, you know, and they're good in baseball, they're good in softball. So it was kind of a no brainer. I, I looked at some other schools and, um, and, you know, but it just came down to, you know, FSU kind of just stole my heart from the, from the get go. So going into Florida state, what position were you, were you playing before um, that? I was, I was a shortstop. I was recruited okay. as a, I had played some travel ball at third um also but I was recruited as a shortstop and then um but when I went in their shortstop was a a senior and she was a stud she was all-american and so coach Graf she's she said that I would play third my freshman year and so that's what I did and I was fine with that and then um I remember she came to me and she said now are you after you know my freshman year she said are you are are you happy at third or do you want to go back to short try out for short and I said no I'm happy at third I love it so I just um and back then the game was it was a lot of the slap hitters it was um was a short game it was totally you know the the pitchers were only 40 feet away and you had you had ladies like Michelle Granger you know from Cal Berkeley that threw 70 I mean (laughs) you know it was it was you'd you'd have one nothing two one I mean it was rare if you scored more than five runs a game so playing the hot corner was was fun for me it was a challenge because I just would play in really close and and just you know challenge hitters so 
And it's a lot, uh, different, a lot different game now. <laughs> it's something kind of, I, I guess I kind of took it for granted before our conversation about the, uh, now you think about SEC softball and, and how competitive it is down there, how many schools have teams, but I didn't know that, that, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that, there, that it wasn't that even that prevalent down in a, a popular area of the country for that sport. Right. And youngsters like, like yourselves, you know, you, you don't remember that, you know? And um, so we, you know, talking about just how the silver bullets were trailblazers. I mean, the whole game of softball, you know, and baseball have just, they've evolved enormously just in the South. Like when I played travel softball, the, when you'd get to nationals, you know, it was your goal was to beat a California team. You know, it was the Bat Busters and the the Gordon Panthers and you know and and um, the Santa Monica Raiders. I remember it was you'd kind of be. We just didn't see that kind of competition on a weekend. This you know coming from the South, it was we'd go to tournaments in Tennessee. That was where the majority of our um, competition was, and we had great. There was there was always the talent. It was just the consistency of playing at that level all the time, you know? So, um, you know, I think, I think probably from the Midwest on to the West, we're kind of surprised, but everybody in the South knew it was just a matter of time where they just had to, there just had to be more teams and, and be, you know, playing on that consistent amped up level. Um, but it's, it's been fun to watch, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, just the exposure, because when I, I was fortunate to play in three college world series, um, my sophomore, junior and senior year at FSU and, and, uh, only the final game would be televised. So you had to make it to the championship game and, and it wasn't a best of three. It was, you came out of, if you came out of the losers bracket, you had to beat that team twice. You know, it was, it's a, it, it was tough. I mean, so it's a lot different now. It's, it's, um, it's fun. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's just good entertainment. Excuse me for not knowing if you, if you got, did you win any college world series or were you just in the regional tournament or were, I shouldn't say. Uh, we, so we made it to the final eight, um, uh, three out of my four years and the highest we placed was uh third. So oh, wow. that's pretty we finished still, third. Still um, yeah, we lost yeah. out to UCLA, Lisa Fernandez and, and oh. that group. Yeah. Is the women's final also in Omaha? Um, no, it's in it's in Oklahoma City. It's at the ASA um, Hall of Fame complex, and, and uh, I have pictures of how that stadium used to look. You know, and there used to just be a whole grassy uh, down the third baseline. That was just mm -hmm. a grassy hill, and now that's all seating now, and it goes all the way out to the around. And so then the, out in the outfield, that was that wasn't seating either that was just you know empty so it's it's really cool you know um to just see how i mean they've just kept adding on seats because it's so popular people want to want to go and be there that's that is it's interesting to see how it's grown so leaving florida state how did you hear about the silver bullets where was it like were you recruited or was there some sort of uh kind of um just announcement how, how did you hear about that and, and what was your response when you first heard about it um, it was my mom, of course. Um, sh she's my best friend and she, um, she's uh, always been my biggest supporter and cheerleader. And, and uh, so I was actually working in insurance. I'd graduated um, that December of 1992. Um, and so the next year, that January, I moved down to South Florida and um, I was living uh, in Pompano Beach and, and uh, working in Fort Lauderdale and just, um, you know, just trying to be happy in the corporate world. And, mm -hmm. and I was miserable. I'll be honest. I mean, I, I didn't, I was like a fish out of water. I was just, you know, wearing, you know, conservative insurance attire every day, which is fine. It was just, it was, it was just rough. It was coming from an athletic background and, and, um, and I was just trying to find my, my path, you know, I was 23 years old and, and, uh, so, um, my mom, my parents were still in Atlanta. And, um, so she had just happened to see something in the newspaper and, uh, she saw this tiny little paragraph, this blurb that there was going to be a, a, um, tryout for this women's professional baseball team. And, um, the owner, he, uh, is from Atlanta and 
ironically found out later that he lived right down the street from my parents. So that's why Atlanta was a big kind of, um, I guess, hub, so to speak, for a lot of the PR stuff. So she saw that that tiny little article and she called me and she said, there's a tryout for this women's pro baseball team. And she said, I think you need to try out. And she said, I just feel like you're going to be on that team. And I was like, okay, mom, you know, I, I had shoulder, so I had arthroscopic shoulder surgery after my career at FSU and, and, you know, just kind of rehabbed it, but I hadn't played competitively in over a year. So, um, I just, I just started kind of, luckily I was in South Florida where the weather's nice. So it, that was January, February. She said the tryout's going to be, I think, I think it was going to be in late February, early March. And so I just kind of went out and started working out and every day after work, I would just go and believe it or not, I'd throw a tennis ball up against, you know, the wall and just work my, my picks, you know, just glove hand and, and start throwing a little bit. And um, then I'd have somebody hit me grounders with a base with a baseball, not a softball. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot different. Let me just oh, tell yeah. you. <laughs> so I was bruised all up and down my shin. So then my mom calls me and she says, well, it's changed. They've, uh, they've moved the tryout date up a month. So I had to, and they did, there was, I, I had like, I think three days. She said, it's going to be this weekend. Oh. And I wasn't, I was making hardly anything, you know, and luckily there was value jet back then. And uh, so I jumped on a plane and I flew home to Atlanta and the tryout was supposed to be at Georgia Tech. And the morning of the tryout, it was about 16 degrees mm. with, uh, with sleet. And um, so we, uh, we get to Georgia Tech and they just had this little sign posted this, on this sheet of paper. And it said, tryout's been moved indoors to an, it was an indoor soccer facility all the way like in Forsyth. So we got in the car and we went down there and um, what they did was they did a Saturday tryout and then they narrowed it down. And then they invited about, I don't even remember, probably 15, 20 people back the next day um, on Sunday. And so that's how I, and then they said, well, we'll let you know, we'll, we'll get in touch with you seven to 10 days. You'll get a letter certified letter in the mail if you've been invited to spring training. So I um, yeah, so it was uh it was nerve wracking and um, but exciting, you know, it was, um, I can still remember, you know, because being an Atlanta kid, I grew up idolizing Phil Necro, you know, I mean, it was Phil Necro, Bob Horner, Dale Murphy, Brett Butler. I mean, you know, that was just so to actually, it was ner it's you're nervous enough to go and be trying out, but then, you know, you're seeing one of your childhood heroes um who's hitting fungos to you and you're kind of you know shaking in your shoes a little bit <laughs> that seems so uh, that's that blows my mind in a number of ways i mean i, I grew up I, I played baseball and, and played a couple years in college and playing indoors baseball just playing catch is awful because <laughs> you can't see where the ball it's hard the ball right. blends in it's so much harder to see and it's you're yeah. trying out in front of a childhood hero who i'm uh, <laughs> excited to hear actually was like i do you just imagine like I don't know, a stereotypical major league baseball player. Like just, it's, it almost feels like it would have been a photo op. Like they just showed up, but he was there evaluating you guys. And he, that's so cool. Oh yeah. I mean, he, it, it is. And he was, and he's every, you know, every story that you've heard about Phil is, is, uh, is true. I mean, he's just, he's the nicest, just classiest gentleman. And, um, who, taught us so much more than just, you know, the game of baseball. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely nerve wracking and, and um, it was intense, you know, and everything from the get go was just completely professional. And you, you know, you just knew that it was, that you were embarking on something really special. Did he ever throw you batting practice? Oh yeah. So the first day of spring training, so when we, we go down to, we had spring training in Orlando that first year, and they brought 50 women, and um, it was crazy. It was, you know, I, I would really love to see a spring training, like if they did that now and rounded up the best female baseball players, um, I would love to see the difference, because mm -hmm. back then there was an extreme 
drop off of, and I don't mean any disrespect, but between the first, say 30, 35, and then the last 15, there was a huge drop off of the talent level. It was just, there wasn't, you know, because it's, I've always said, if you can play baseball, you can play softball. But if mm -hmm. you can play softball, doesn't necessarily mean you can play baseball. It, it's just, it's, they're very similar as far as obviously the rules and, but the, just the, just the sheer distance of the bases and, you mm -hmm. know, and, and the throwing mechanics. Um, there were people that were blowing out their arms after the first two or three days. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was just, it's hard. It's, it's just different, you know, softball is so smaller, um, you know, with a flick of the wrist, you can get the ball across the diamond, you know, it, it, it's just different. It was, it was a lot of wear and tear on your body that we had to, that we were not prepared for, you know, so I remember one, one day we went to turn two, um, I don't even remember who threw it, if it was coming from third or short, but they went to turn two and the second baseman went to get it and broke her finger. Oh. You know, she was just trying to make the transfer and she stuck her hand in her glove a little too quickly, didn't anticipate the speed of who it was coming from. And, you know, and it's sad that was she was done, you know, um, but that first day of spring training, um, we were getting ready to take batting practice. And so Phil, you know, he's going to throw BP and I'm at third and he says, hey, you, you know, warm me up. You know, he's just wanting to get his arm warm. and. And on my eyes, I mean, they get like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm playing catch with Phil Necro. And I was like, don't throw it over his head. Just don't throw it over his head. <laughs> don't throw it at his shins, you know? So, um, but yeah, he, he would, he, um, he would, he'd throw just straight BP to us. But if we ever had any type of competition, like at the end of practice, oh, he would, he would bring it. He would start, you know, and, and it wouldn't even necessarily be his knuckler. He yeah. would just you know he'd throw something and we would just like spin ourselves into the ground trying to hit it and and I'd say and I'd always say was that your knuckle and he's like oh no I just turned it over here I just did a little of this I just did a little of that and I mean it we just look silly you know but I can't imagine trying to hit a knuckleball like it looks crazy on tv like the movement it's like wow oh yeah and Ow. he was never he was always about building us up and you know, trying to instill, because we were so hard on ourselves, because we had all come from, you know, division one high level softball, and a lot of the young ladies had played high school baseball, you know, and so he wasn't about, he wasn't out there for his ego, obviously, so he wasn't going to sit there and try and make us look silly, but you better believe if there was money on the line, which, you know, we're playing pro ball, so there's no more NCAA sanctions, you know, Hey, 50 bucks to whoever can do this, you know, assign Chipper Jones baseball. If you can do this, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd come on the bus with different things. And so it was fun. It was, I mean, I, it was, I was getting to live, you know, my childhood dream. Just out of curiosity, how hard, how hard was it to adjust from the arm angle when you were at the plate? Like I, I, you hear a lot of times, it was a few years ago, some major league baseball players not being able to hit off a softball pitcher because of the angle of the, of the balls coming out differently. Was it similar hitting, facing, going from softball to baseball? Yeah, that was, um, it's a timing thing, you know, and, and those baseball players, you know, if they get to stand in there, it, it, you know, obviously the shorter distance, and then, like you said, the it, it's coming up more in softball and baseball, it's coming down and, and the baseball just moves so much more um, than a softball does. And so it was, it's just that timing thing and realizing, okay, you've got more time, you know, to, to load and everything and you, but you've got to, you know, that like the slider, I mean, that's, is crazy. That's, <laughs> that's not fair, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and we hadn't been seeing, you know, like my son, he's nine now and he's playing travel baseball and, you know, these nine, 10 year old kids are throwing curveballs. So they're seeing curveballs at nine and I didn't see my first curveball until I was 24, you know? So that's a, that's a lot of years to, to try and make up for. That's, that's crazy. I remember when I was a kid playing baseball, we were told at, at that age not to throw a curveballs because it'd wreck your arm. I don't know if they're still saying that or not, but. 
well, they're still saying it, but the kids still do it, you know. Do it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, um, it's it's pretty impressive. Some of them, yeah, you know, I'm sure. Crazy, speaking speaking of impressive, you always hear stories about people like professional baseball players. Anyone first time seeing a teammate or an opponent in person, hearing the ball off the bat, or seeing the ease of how they throw. Were there any of your teammates who, when you first saw her play in person, you were like, "Holy cow, she is good!" Like this this girl is incredible. Yeah, um, that's funny that you say that. Um, when when we lost um, Phil Necro back in December, um, I I spoke personally with with probably about five or six of my former teammates, and one of them being Stacy Sunny, and um, who played at Nebraska and then transferred and then played at UCLA. She's a California girl, Huntington Beach, and and uh, I, man, I was in awe of her. She was. Uh, and I told her that when I, when I talked to her, um, after Phil's passing, I told her, I said, you know, I've never told you this. And, and, uh, but I, but you and I were taking ground balls at third, you know, and, and, uh, it seemed like it was like that song, anything you can do, I can do better, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and I remember I take a ground ball and then Stacy gets up there and just backhand makes, you know, just effortless. And, and I, I had this sense of just like, overwhelming like pride because you know I felt like this is what I've been waiting for my whole life like you know to to be on the same field with other women that love it like I do and that I I feel like okay now I now I gotta up my game more you know and I was nervous I thought if I have to beat her out I'm not making this team you know <laughs> I mean so it was um but like I said the sense of pride and admiration was, you know, was greater than I guess uh, just the um, the feeling of nerves, you know. And so you made the team. What position? I, I think I read you were third base outfield and DH, right? Where is that? Is that correct? Um, I don't know where they got the DH from. I I was kind of like super utility. I I did play third a lot. I played shortstop, um, and then I played outfield. So I would. Um, Anytime anybody got hurt, you know, that's where I would play. So it would vary. You know, there was there were games that um, I would warm up at third. I'd be penciled in at third, and then pregame somebody would get injured, and then next thing I know, I'm playing right field, you know, um, because of an injury. So it just it just depended, but um, I was still, you know, all intents and purposes an infielder, a left. I mean, a shortstop and and third baseman. Um, but I I did a little bit of everything. Was How that many your players did you keep on the roster? The first season, um, when when in 1994, when we broke spring training, they had 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, for whatever reason, whether it was budget or realizing or carrying too many, um, they cut two, and then they cut two more. So we finished the season with 20. Oh. And um, so then the years after, it was always it was about the same between 20 and. 22. Okay. How yeah. I didn't know that uh, Phil's brother and his son were also members of the coaching staff. What was that like? I mean, was there, were there anything interesting spring from that? Were there any like rivalries going on amongst them or anything? I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, Joe. Um, so Joe Negro was, was our pitching coach um, the first two years and, and, uh, and, or, um, and then John Negro was with us um for the the duration all four years and and um he's phil's son and it was just great it was um i mean you know they're a baseball family and and baseball royalty in my in my eyes um as a kid you know the braves were not very good the best game to go to was always when phil pitched against joe when he was with the astros that was my favorite game to go to and um you know so it it was just like I said, it was, I was just in awe, you know, every, every day, just getting to, to go out there and be with them and, and just to listen to their stories and, and how to handle yourself. And, um, you know, they never treated us any differently than, than how anybody who loves the game of baseball should be treated, you know, and, and, um, just, they were just good people. They, I carried over so many of the lessons that they taught us um, when I coached high school softball, um, just about how to be kind to people. He would, like I said, about the making money, 
we we would get we'd pull in to a hotel um the bus would pull in we'd be get, we'd get off the bus and be unloading our luggage and and Phil or Joe would say all right 10 bucks to the person whoever can tell me who the bus what the bus driver's name was <laughs> and the after the first time everybody's kind of like you know I don't know why but that tells you cuz they would get on the bus and immediately talk to them engage them um you know make sure they're okay you know and never again would we ever get off the bus and not know the bus driver's name you know and that kind of stuff so he was just and i i would always do that with my high school kids you know and um so i think um that just speaks volumes to them and and how they are with each other and were with each other and um that's how they survived in baseball baseball's not an it's a hard grind, you know, and um, all those little things that you see them doing in the dugout or, you know, it's uh, that helps keep their, them sane. And Joe, he, he really helped keep me sane my first year. You know, he would just come. And the funny story about Joe, I was telling his son, um, Lance, about this at, at Phil's funeral, actually. I said, the funniest thing that Joe ever did to me was we were playing in I think it was Charleston, South Carolina at their minor league park. It was the River Dogs. And and he came up to me and he said, my nickname was Mitch because my my maiden name's Mitchum. So he said, Mitch, you ever caught before? And I said, no, sir. And he stuck the catcher's <laughs> face mask right in my belly. And he said, well, go give it your best shot. And he just died <laughs> laughing. That's funny. <laughs> He's like, go down to the bullpen. Oh. <laughs> and he just started dying laughing, you know? and and I'm just looking at him going, okay, all right. <laughs> so, I mean, he was just, he's the greatest. And um, he and Phil, they, they, uh, you never wanted them to come and sit next to you in the restaurant or the bar because I, I always just, my nerves just would begin shaking because he'd come up and Phil would say, Mitch, you went to college, right? And I'm like, oh man, God, he's about to. <laughs> And uh, no, you you went to college, right? And I'm like, yeah. What do you what riddle do you have for me? I'm not going to get it right. Okay, I went to Florida State, so cut me some slack. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, they are just so fun. I mean, that's what everybody says that that all all of our bar tricks, all of our funny riddles, they all come from the Negro Brothers. So that's amazing. You you mentioned um, uh, playing in a, a minor league field, but I read that uh, the team played at Fenway. What did you get? Did you play in that game? Oh yeah, yeah. They um, we got to go behind the the um, green monster and sign our name, and um, it, it was. I mean, it's just surreal, you know. We uh, just walking out there, and and I'm a fan of the old ballparks. I mean, the new ones are great and and wonderful, but the old ballparks, there's nothing like it. So when you when we parked, when our bus parked that day, I remember. Um, Big Movon was was peeling himself out of his like whatever it was Lamborghini or something. I'm like, how in the world does he fit in that thing? You know? Yeah, I remember Movon. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was just so cool, you know, and and it's so tiny and just in packed in there. And when you walk in, it smelled like a a circus, you know. Just I mean, it just is all the smells and um, the funny thing that I, uh, that I found interesting there was we got to go. I got to go to a game when I was in college. We played up at UConn um, and we went to a game and like if anybody, those of you that have never been to Fenway, like when you're sitting behind home plate, the seats aren't like facing right home plate. They're kind of, they're kind of at a, a skew at an angle almost. And, uh, and so I, I found that really interesting and everything's really small too. You don't get these wide seats, you know, wider seats like they, they have now, but um, it was fun. That was a, uh, that was a great experience. We had a little equipment snafu. I remember that one. Some some of our equipment didn't make it um, on the truck, and I ended up having to wear. I don't even remember what number jersey I wore. It didn't have a it didn't have a name on it. And so I remember I'm standing on the, in the on deck circle, and these guys on the front row behind us. They were like, "We know that's you, Mitchum. You're trying to hide. It. That's not your real jersey number. Don't try." That's <laughs> I mean. Funny. They were just heckling, you know, and I'm just giggling because I'm thinking this is the life like, 
you know, I mean, to be heckled, I mean, you're getting to, you're getting to do something special, you know, as bad as it is to get heckled, you're, you're still, you're getting heckled, you know? <laughs> yeah. typical, typical Fenway right there. You got the whole experience. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I remember I, I'm originally from New Hampshire. So Fenway, that was actually probably around the same time I went to my first game at Fenway It with Mo Vaughn, John Valentin, Tim Naring, that whole that whole oh, squad. Yeah. So I, I have fond memories of Fenway back in that era too. It's you, you brought back a lot of nostalgia for me. That's awesome. I have, uh, I have a little trick that Tim Nearing um, gave me when um, to relax, like at third, because he was a third baseman. And when we went to spring training after they came out of, cause we would have our spring trainings down in Fort Myers after that first year being in Orlando, the next three years um, was in uh, Naples or Fort Myers. And, um, so they had come back. So we got to meet a lot of them, um, after that, when they went on strike, but then when they came back, we happened to be down there at the same time. So we overlapped and, uh, he gave me some little tidbits that, that I still, to this day, you know, I teach young infielders. So he was good. He was, I bummed his career ended so early cause he was a good player. Uh, did not move on end his career early too? Cause he was really good also. He went to yeah. he he played out here in Anaheim and then the Mets I think and that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, oh, I was going to ask you a question too about another ballpark um, your team played in that's special to me. Um, I think it might have been the only game you guys played in Colorado, which is funny because your team was called the Colorado <laughs> Silver Bullets. Um, from my research, it looked like you guys played a game in Coors Field. Yes, we, they, like I said, they were always really good to us. We, um, so we played there. Well, we actually played, um, we played in, um, Colorado Springs and then Mm -hmm. we went and we played in, um, see now you're, you're quizzing my brain, my memory, but, um, we played in Pueblo. Oh, okay. And yeah. And I'm trying to think we ended our one season in that may have been the Pueblo. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, course we had 40,000 fans Ooh. at Coors Field. We played, and they um, it was right around July 4th, and they I think that was in '95. Um, yeah, that's I think that's that was the, the first time. year. I think that was the first year of Coors Field, wasn't it? Yeah, because they '95 or '94. Yeah, it was around that time because they, you know, the the franchise was early in existence at that time. They were playing in Mile High Stadium where the Broncos played. Yeah. Before. But yeah, yeah we, was... play, we played there our first year, Mile High, and then <laughs> oh, <we did. laughs> next, yeah, and then the next year we played in Coors, and we had we had forty thousand fans. It was it was unreal, That's and they awesome. shot off fireworks um, at the end of that game. So they were always really was, really was very there, receptive. Was there a special ticket stub for that game that was like I think my family might have it, and if probably I, so, if yeah. My mom has it. I'll send you an email with the picture. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, be I remember, great. I remember that the first or second, first couple of years of Coors Field, they had some special tickets that came out um, for collectors and whatnot, and um, I, I believe there was a Silver Bullets one. So oh, that's I cool. Find that, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, because I don't think I had any. I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure I didn't have any family out there, so I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have a ticket, you know. Um, yeah they um I think they would have gave it out to like season ticket holders and my yeah. family at one time was season ticket holders for the rock oh nice yeah oh, that's so. awesome yeah well, we played, they um we also played at RFK um where the team otherwise known as the Redskins the Washington football team they um right and that, that was interesting because they kind of you can imagine putting a football I mean a baseball field on a football field so they had to it was kind of cockeyed you know and and Mm so the infield was like partially dirt then grass then uh, it was crazy it was yeah um, yeah mile high stadium was definitely not a baseball park either (laughs) (laughs) and uh, andrew you you had a good question um about the one of the games we saw on youtube when we were researching right the first uh i'm curious about that one yeah so when i you know originally um started researching everything about your your team um, I, I came across a game on YouTube where. Let me guess. <laughs> go ahead, go take a guess. <laughs> Let me guess. The brawl. No, we 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 have a question about that too. But um, no, it was actually a fully televised game against the Hollywood Stars. I believe they were called. 
Oh yeah. Yes. That was, that was fun too. Um, I got a great story with that. We, uh, we, you know, half the time we didn't know we would, we would show up to play these teams and, you know, whatever roster or whatever was told between the two PR departments or, or whoever was scheduling the game, a lot of times it would change. Mm-hmm. We would show up to the ballpark and, you know, like the very first game of the Silver Bullets existence, you know, it, it was supposed to be kind of like minor league ball players, And then we show up and oil can Boyd is, is throwing <laughs> against us, you know, so, um, and making us look silly. So it's, uh, it, it, you just never knew. And so we knew that we were playing kind of a Hollywood all-star team, but we didn't, we didn't have any idea, you know, who was going to be on the team necessarily. And, um, I think we did know that Kevin Costner was going to be one of them. That was pretty much the only person that we knew. And um, so same thing when our bus pulled in, um, I grew up, I was a huge Mark Harmon fan. I mean, he was in my locker, you know, I had his picture (laughs) up in my locker. He was a Coors rep, you know, so he was a UCLA guy, you know, and a great athlete. So when our bus pulls up, um, I see him over in the distance. I see this guy, he looks like a surfer. He's got a UCLA, you know, and he's just kind of got board shorts on. And so I get off the bus and I, um, I go say hi to him and, um, and just, you know, snap a picture with him. And, um, and so then I, I played shortstop that game. And so it was great. So when he got on second base, you know, he starts messing with me and, you know, and saying, Hey, Mitchum, are you going to talk to me? What, what, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, listen, y'all are killing us <laughs> in between pitches. I'm like, I'll talk to you if y'all, if you'll, you know, lighten up us on us a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, um, we ended up staying in touch and, um, my brother had been diagnosed with, um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the off season and, and his cousin, um, one of the Nelson girls had, had had it. And so he, um, he was just, he was great. He's, he's same thing. He is, uh, everything that you hear, all the good stories, he's, he's the same way. He's just, um, very respectful and and responsive to fans and and just kind and generous so that was a fun game you know um they're all a bunch of great athletes I mean Costner was a Cal State Fullerton you know baseball guy and mm-hmm. the guy struck out on a curveball one of his curveballs so Crash um, yeah it was, it was fun <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear that about, uh, I used to, I used to love NCIS. So I always know Mark <laughs> Harmon as Gibbs. So I, that he was my favorite character too, for a while. So I, I, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that he was such a cool guy. It, 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 yeah, it, very it, cool. He <laughs> mailed my husband and I he found out that my husband, um, once I got married, he found, he, uh, he found, I'd given him one of my silver bullets hats. And, um, and so, I mean, this was probably, I don't know, probably six, maybe five or six, seven years ago. And I get something in the mail and, and, uh, it was my hat. And he said, I was going through an old storage shed or facility and and thought you might want this. And so, um, I wrote him back and thanked him and then, and told him how much my husband loved NCIS. So he actually mailed us two NCIS hats. Oh, that's Uh, awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, so I don't want to dwell on this too long. Uh, it was one of the questions we had. You actually kind of got to it before us. Um, the the brawl that happened. Um, I kind of I saw the Sports Center featured uh, on your team and and how kind of how that came about. But where where were you when all this happened? How how did you react when you saw this kind of beginning? Well, um, you know there were there were six of us that played all four years, and so we had seen kind of the progression of our talent and our, um, you know, kind of like what we had put up with too, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, um, I don't think I realized it to the extent, um, that I do now. And, and a lot of it, you, you forget, you know, you forget the bad stuff, but, um, we put up with a lot, you know, and, and, but it was okay. Cause I was, you know, that's just part of it. You know, when you trailblaze, you're going to, you're going to deal with stuff like that. And, and I just wanted to play ball. So I didn't really care about a lot of that. And and you, and I have always been pretty good, I think as a person to, to tune things out. Um, but we always knew the guys it was, or me personally, I always knew, you know, it was a catch 22 for them. If they beat us, Oh, well you beat a bunch of girls, 
you know, that was that was kind of what you heard. Um, if they lost to us, oh, well, you got beat by a bunch of girls, you know, so either way, they were kind of behind the eight ball, you know, and so nine out of 10 of the guys were great. They were supportive of us. They played us hard, but when it was all said and done, they were getting to do something special too, you know, um, every now and then you would face somebody that was, that was kind of on a power trip, so to speak, you know, there's always that one, <laughs> yeah. in, whether it's in your office or, you know, or at school or whatever. And, um, and Nuxie and, and Joe wouldn't cut them any slack, you know, I mean, like they were, they would fight for us from the dugout. You know, if a guy was throwing breaking ball after breaking ball after breaking ball, which we saw that plenty of times, you know, they would be hollering from the dugout. Look, dude, nobody's here to sign you, you know, throw a <laughs> fastball. Like there aren't yeah. any scouts in the stands, you know I mean? They would be taunting them just because that's baseball, you know, like, um, so a lot of times I think guys hit us because they were nervous, you know, squeezing the ball too tight. They were thinking, Oh my God, I don't want to hit a woman. And then they would, but then there was also those other guys that were, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to brush them back a little bit and that's okay too. You know, but we got hit a lot. Let me just tell you, I mean, we got hit a lot. <laughs> so we all knew there was going to come a time when that was going to happen. You know, I mean, that's, that's just part of baseball and, um, girls don't cut you any slack. Let me tell you, I mean, I've got more scars on my legs from girls sliding into me with spikes high from in college than I ever do ever gotten it playing baseball. So, um, we had always said, you know, whoever, whoever it happens to, whoever charges the mound, we're, we're there, we're, we got your back, you know, mm -hmm. and there's just kind of that unspoken knowledge it wasn't it wasn't talked about obviously in the locker room on a daily it was just but it was just it was a lot of that was four years of pin up okay we're here now we've been here don't mess with us and we were playing a bunch of you know 18 year old kids that were talking ugly to us every time we came up in the batter's box they're saying nasty stuff to us vulgar stuff um inappropriate stuff um just trying to get in our heads you know and uh finally so you know it, she had it I mean she told that she told the catcher um Bratzi said hey why don't you just shut up and play the game and so the catcher told her said this one's coming this one's in your ear mm -hmm. and so she turned in it hit her right up you know square right above her on her shoulder blade and she went you know she kind of did like dang that hurt you know and uh I'm on the I'm on the dugout bench I'm, I think I had my head turned home plates over here and I, I just happened to turn my head at the time to say something to the person next to me and when I turn back around she's taken off towards the pitcher <laughs> he threw her back down well the catcher um spit on her Ooh. he's running out and he um he tr he tries to pick her up and he's and uh he spits on her and so by that time i mean it was just melee and uh he got he got tackled and was getting kidney punched and and i'm I, by the time i got there i'm like pulling people you know trying to pull people off of of our um players and this guy this kid he pushes me because i'm 27 at the time these kids are 17 18 years old you know and i remember he pushed at me and and I looked at him and I, I said about where I go, I'm too old for this, you know, <laughs> I just kind of looked at him and he just looked at me like, okay, I won't hit you. Well, then he, another player of theirs, just Cole Cox, our nicest player on the team, who she's the associate head coach at University of Alabama, Allie Habits. And she just gets punched right in the eye. And I'm thinking, you just punched the nicest person on oh, our team, you know? So it was it was crazy i mean it was a full-on brawl um but every everybody was fine and um after the game because of being so close to atlanta it was in, in albany so my whole family was there and after the game we got showered and changed and when i came out um to meet them to go grab dinner they said is everybody okay you know is everybody fine and, and uh i said yeah everybody's fine and there was this pause and they said, that was awesome. <laughs> we all just started 
clapping and they were like, that was the greatest thing because the fans and as well as that team had just been jawing the whole game and they're just being ugly and, you know, just nasty. And so it was like, it was time, you know, yeah. it was time. Where did so, this game take place? Excuse me? Where did this game take place? Like, it was state? in Albany, Georgia. Oh, so it was okay, down there and it was, it was against like a, um, you know, just a, a summer ball, um, just, you know, what like do they call it? Team or something. Yeah. Like elite. Yeah. American Legion. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, I'd like to know, I've often said, I'd like to know what some of those guys are doing now. And if they have daughters that play baseball, I'd <laughs> like be to, interesting. That would be really, I, I hope so. Um, uh, you know, Speaking of that, of, of kind of daughters who play baseball and, and you had mentioned you were, you were one of six players that was on the roster for the whole four years. How, what ways uh, did you feel like your team changed? Did the silver bullets change over those four years? I'm sure there were a lot of ways, but what were, what were kind of some of the ways that you're most proud of? Um, I, I think just the, the expectations in general from the fans, um, you know, the, internally we had high expectations for ourselves for our team um i can honestly say I, I i knew at the time too that i would never be around women that were that strong that dedicated um that driven and that passionate and i haven't you know it, it's you can't replicate something and obviously it hasn't been, you know, um, which is sad. So, you know, I, I, when I coach young kids, you know, I try and relay it to life um, that when, you know, you should, you should treat everything that you love and that you're passionate about and, you know, cultivate that and just enjoy the process. And, um, and I think that we, I think those bullets, we did a good job of that. It was hard. It was hard to get beat all the time. Um, I mean, we got beat badly, you know, but we played one team, probably the most memorable loss to me. Well, there's two that from that first season, one, we were playing up in Billings, Montana, and we're playing these guys. I mean, these are first round draft picks. We're playing Aaron Boone, you oh. know, not many people. I, I, you know, I mean, I followed baseball. I'm a baseball person. A lot of people on our team were not baseball people. They were good athletes, but I was a baseball person. I, I lived it. I breathed it. I knew if I'd been born a boy that I would have gotten drafted. I just felt that. And, you know, I, that's what I felt personally. Um, so, you know, Aaron Boone's in the, in the lineup. I was along with all these other guys that had just come out of college and they got, you know, they're going into rookie ball and that's who we're playing, you know? Yeah. So you gotta, I mean, you gotta have some tough nuts that you're playing with to, you know, and, and, and we were, so, um, I guess I would say that the progression that I saw was that we, we laid the foundation and, and, in those four short years, I saw that the, the fans went from like being in awe that we made a play, you know, that we just threw the ball across the field, you know, and got an out to, if we made an error, they were booing us, you know, and that was okay. Cause they expected us they expected more from us, you know? And, um, so I think it's, that was probably the coolest thing to see. And it would be interesting to see, you know, if, if it had continued over all these years, um, where women's baseball would be right now. And that, one of the that, cool things I saw was that your team's record improved each year though. Like, right. Yeah. That, that was awesome. So it just showed that it was a great thing. And, team was improving and competitive so that's a really cool thing to think of yeah it is and we yeah that last year we finally finished over 500 and um you know we got we had a mini celebration in the locker room kind of like that was our you know that was our um make it you know making the the playoffs and um yeah. so but um I think if you know if even if the bullets had happened possibly you know, five years later, mm -hmm. six, eight years later, and they, they could have gotten MLB behind it. Like the WNBA has, it would be different. It would be a, 
possibly a, a different story. Um, because I, I think that would be, that's the key, you know, Nuxi, Phil and Joe Necro gave us immediate credibility mm-hmm. um, just with their name and, and backing us and supporting us. Um, but, you know, you got to have that sponsorship money too, you know, and I think if, if uh, it'd be fun to have, you know, even if you only have four women's baseball teams, you know, that, that are sponsoring, they're sponsored by Major League Baseball and they proceed, you know, an MLB game or after that, that would be fun, you know? Oh yeah. Is, be that, really cool. is that what you think? I mean, that actually leads perfectly into my last question. I mean, you, you were a trailblazer in women's sports and women's baseball, and there's been a lot, I mean, it's as relevant now as it was then between the women's hockey team and the women's soccer team, even that, that, uh, the, um, viral video from the uh, NCAA women's basketball player who showed the differences between their her their team's gyms and the men's team's gyms in that kind of area is yeah. that is that what you think that that needs to happen to bring to kind of one of the things that needs to uh happen to kind of bring along women's sports is professional men's leagues investing in women's leagues yeah i mean you know i think obviously you know, sports is a, is a big business. And I think, um, I think because fast pitch softball has come on so strongly. Um, I think that in a lot of people's minds that they just think, okay, well you have softball, you know, and you have, and so why are you pushing, why would you push for baseball? But like I said, it's different. It's a different game. And I love, I love them both. Um, baseball was my first love. It was always, it was my first and it's, it's my greatest love other than my husband and my children, you know? And, um, so it, I would, I would love to see it, um, get the support from major league baseball, um, that I think women deserve. I think we deserve that shot to play baseball. Um, you know, we, And in between, I think it was the 95 and 96 and maybe 96 and 97, I'm not quite sure, but we got involved, Major League Baseball International hosted these camps and clinics in Canada. And I was amazed at how many young ladies play baseball there. We would show up in in the Blue Jays um, stadium. We had 300 young ladies in the state and we we had to figure out oh yeah i mean so we had you can imagine so there were i think four of us four silver bullets that went up there and did um did these clinics but i was amazed i you know and i thought why don't we have this in the united states you know and um so they do a little bit different you know their high school sports are a lot different than they are in the states Mm -hmm. and i don't think fast pitch is was is quite um like it is in the States. So their option was more baseball oriented. So, but just things like that, that, you know, if they're doing, if major league baseball international is hosting these clinics then why can't we do the same within the States, you know, just to help keep, to keep promoting it. And, um, I don't know how that, I don't know how that looks. Um, I just know that there are, opportunities there and that 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 many young girls would like myself they would they'd be they'd jump on in a heartbeat um so yeah that's that i mean i i agree with you there i'd like to see more of that as well um i think that that wraps up our questions is there anything else you wanted to add before we're before we finish up i don't think so i think um i appreciate both of you um keeping the silver bullets name alive. It's, it's fun. You know, my kids, they never got to see me play and, um, nor did my husband. And so a lot of the things I've forgotten, my mom said I should, should have written a book and, you know, <laughs> I guess you, I still should, but a lot of, still the, should. Yeah. a lot of the memories, um, you know, they start to, to get a little blurry, but, um, if you guys need anything from me, I've, I've got, a have got a lot of stuff. I probably saved an article from every single city that I played in. I tried to get a newspaper. So, um, yeah, it's fun. Well, thanks again for coming on. It's, uh, I think this has been my favorite conversation we've had, um, that we've done on this podcast because it's so interesting from the Red Sox, uh, and Fenway to hearing about 
Phil Necro to hearing just the way you described some of your, your teammates, how, how incredible they were at sports baseball. So I had a good time. Thank you. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, also, uh, mine and Nancy Necro's, Phil's wife's, our favorite minor league park is Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, the so Quakes. That was our favorite. Yeah, she and I, we were talking about that um, well, a few weeks ago. Wasn't that, that was, where the Hollywood Stars game took yes, place? Yes, it was. Yeah. But it was, it's, it's the coolest stadium and, and the greatest uh, mascot, too, because he would come out. Have you ever seen him? His no, little shtick? I don't I know haven't. if he still does it. But so his name's Tremor. And well, he, it was back then. So he would do this piece where in between innings, they'd start to play this, this music. Um, and you're thinking, okay, what is this? Oh, wait, this is, this is Michael Jackson beat it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden it, it cuts in half and they start playing Barney, oh. um, you know, the Barney song. Yeah. And there's just a purple dinosaur sitting at home plate. So, and then everybody's like, oh God, don't play the Barney song. It's going to be stuck in my head. So then all of a sudden you see, you see Tremor over on the side of the dugout and he comes out and they start playing beat it again. And he goes and he attacks Barney <laughs> and he just rips him to shreds. And, uh, it's, wow. and, and the whole crowd just goes crazy. It's, it's awesome. Hilarious. Minor league baseball is the best. Oh, it is. <laughs> I got to find that on YouTube. I bet that's on YouTube somewhere. I got to check that out. Gotta yeah, you need to find that. So, All right. Well, I think, I think that'll do it. Um, you can find me at, on Twitter at Deli Tweets. It's D-E-L-L-I-T-W-E-E-T-S. Andrew, where can they find you? You can find me at A-W-L-E-N. That's A-W-L-E-N-N. And Shannon, anywhere that they can find you or contact you if you want to be contacted? Um, yes, I am on Twitter. Um, I think it's S-M-M Love Lady. Um, and then I'm also, um, on Instagram, just at Shannon, at Shannon Love Lady. Um, but if anybody, I know several people have reached out to me and sent me cards to sign and, uh, was, and I'll be happy to sign things and send it back. If anybody has any silver bullets memorabilia that they'd like signed. That sounds like a good deal. Well, thanks again. And, uh, we'll, uh, Andrew and I will see you next episode for, uh, uh another team. Talk to you later. Take Talk care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.